Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy. So we're coming at you today with a new folktale from a place and a- Hold up! What? Why? Nah, we ain't doing that. Uh, yeah, we are. I've waited long enough. I don't think that's true. I am bristling with anime energy. Um, no. You, what, have you been, need to... <laughs> what have you been waiting for? And I, I need to discharge it into audacity. No. Like a big, and, like a big release. And spread it out into the world. Don't you have like another podcast to do that in? No, it ended. Damn it. <laughs> it's, it's bleeding over into this one again. But It's time for another Final Fantasy. Um, I hope that a lot of people jump on with this one <laughs> and, and start and start listening here. Um, this, uh, this show has always been like a little bit hard for me to pitch, um, for some reason. And I, and it has become more complicated to be like, I don't As know. time goes on. Yeah. Like 95% of the time, like it is what I said, but also like occasionally it'll be just final fantasy. There are some screwballs. I'd say with our episode total, it's more like 98.5% of the time. It's what you say. And then like. 1% of the time, it's us derailed about a bus, and then 0.5% of the time, it's Tyler taking over with Final Frickin' Fantasy. <laughs> uh, so, it's time for another Final Fantasy, is what I would have said, but mm-hmm. the next one is Final Fantasy fourteen, and that's an MMO that's still ongoing, and also, I haven't played it, so really, we're gonna do Kingdom Hearts 2. No! Yeah. Um, can you recap Kingdom Hearts 1, please? I would love to. Because so I, we... I don't quite remember what was going on in, in there. We all remember Sora, the main character. Big I shoes, do. yes. I do. He has, he has a big old key, a key blade do you that remember, he hits people with. Do you remember Sora and his big key? He met Donald and Goofy, and he went on adventures with them. They went to Halloween Town. Remember that? They also went to see Ariel down in Atlantica. Uh, and then together they fought a man who turned into a boat. You remember that? It was Billy Zane. Billy Zane. I do remember that. Yeah. Can you can you give me like um what's sort of the main thematic message that I need to take away to understand uh, the next one? Darkness and light. Okay, got it. And the power <laughs> of anime friendship. Okay. Darkness, got light, it. friendship, done. Uh so you also remember after he fought the man with the boat that uh he also fought a pink-haired anime guy in a white castle who had a scythe. Yeah, sure, I remember that. Absolutely. And the and that guy, the restaurant. That guy rode rode around on a big old grim reaper who is his sister, but he rode her like a Gundam. You remember that? Talking about White Castle, the burger place. And then Namine put Sora in an egg so that he could fall asleep and remember all his memories because he forgot them. Is this really all in the first one? Do you remember that? Did we t- did we talk about this? Well, the next one's starting. Cuz I you Ready? Uh I don't remember a lot of that, but uh I I am ready, yes. Memories are weird like that. Yeah. Uh so anyway, Roxas wakes up and he's been having nightly dreams of weird guys in black coats. Fucking who? And he also sees a boy who he doesn't recognize living on an island with his mm. two friends. It's Goofy and Donald. Uh Roxas lives in Twilight Town. And he is enjoying his last week of summer vacation with his friends, named Hainer, Pence, and Olette. Who are these people? Why do we care? 
Hayner, uh, Hayner is a pretty good name. All of them are pretty good, I think. Pence is a little chubby boy who wears a shirt that says Dog Street on it, and I aspire <laughs> to be like him every day. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't own that shirt. I need to. However, there's been weird stuff going on around town. Somebody has stolen people's photographs, and they have also managed to steal the word photograph. Because oh. when people try to say the word photograph, they cannot say the word photograph. So this is like an ultimate scrapbooking villain. <laughs> Truly. Every but time they try to say it, it it just comes out as empty air. Can Can people, like, conceive of the word photograph? No. Well, kind of. Or they like- conceive They conceive of a blank... Uh, like concept in their mind. Okay, they can like conceive the the idea of a photograph. They just can't communicate it. Yeah, they know what they're trying to say, but they cannot say it. All right, so we have some kind of strange Hobby Lobby style <laughs> uh, major villain in place. Uh, while all of his friends are searching around town, Roxas winds up at a dilapidated mansion on the outskirts of town. And he encounters a strange white monster that's just covered in zippers. Oof. Oof. A a goth. Roxas hears it speaking in his head, and it tells him, We've come for you, my liege. Some kind of hot topic shopper, maybe. (laughs) He's the hot topic king, it seems like. Which makes sense, because he is a high schooler on summer vacation. Uh, suddenly, the Nerf bat that Roxas has been carrying around town with him uh, is surrounded by swirling Matrix data lines of code, yeah. and it transforms into a keyblade. Like Sora. Like Sora has. Like Sora. Uh, and then Roxas uses that to defeat the monster. I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of casting about for, like, any familiar, <laughs> uh, any familiar land to, to grab onto. We do know Keyblade. I do I know do. Hobby Lobby. I rec- I recognize Keyblade. I recognize Sora. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in a dungeon somewhere, a man dressed like a mummy covered in belts, who is named <laughs> Diz, and a man in a black cloak calling himself Ansem seem to be keeping uh, Roxas under heavy surveillance. I feel like Ansem's a subtle, a subtle brag name. Like I I did want to call myself Handsome, <laughs> but if I if I just do that, people will think I'm conceited, so I'm going to hide uh, it. I will go ahead and remind you both that Ansem was the name of Billy Zane who turned into a boat in the previous adventure. Okay, but he's not a boat now. No, he's a man in a black cloak and a hood. Could he be a boat again? If he really tried, I'm or was, sure. Or was that a one-time deal? Yeah, is it like, uh, is it like Grebo in the Terry Pratchett <laughs> series where... Was boat once, can be boat in tight corners again. I'm sure if pressed, he could be a boat again. But right now, he's chilling in a black cloak. I feel like that would be a a more fun story to explore. (laughs) A man who turned into a boat once and has unlocked boat powers. Uh, And has to solve all problems by becoming a boat. Diz and Ansem talk about how they need to keep Roxas here until Naminé finishes fixing Sora's memories. So back with Roxas, he recovers the photographs from the weird mystery monster, and he also remembers the word photograph. And everybody realizes that all of the stolen photos have one common subject in them. Roxas is in them. Ah, Hobby Lobby Stalker is our main villain. They think nothing of that and they all go to bed. Cool, 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 cool. 
Uh, the next day, Roxas and his friends want to go to the beach before their vacation is over. Uh, is it? I mean, I do it's, too. It's, it seems like they could have just gotten on without photos. <laughs> it was not a big deal to them. Like, if they really needed to, they could just be like, well, I don't know, I guess we're just not going to have these... Admittedly precious mementos, but... (laughs) Uh, They need to do odd jobs around town so that they can save up cash for train tickets to the beach. So they deliver mail, and they also put on a show with a ball, and people clap. (laughs) What kind of show with a ball? Like a Harlem Globetrotters show? Roxas hits it a bunch of times in the air with his uh, Nerf bat, and he just keeps it up there for a long time. People are really impressed, and they give him money for it. So it's baseball without rules, <laughs> or teams, or hot dogs. And people are excited about this. Did the concept of fun also get stolen from them with photographs? Like, did they lose the word entertainment <clears throat> in all well, forms of it? let me tell you another odd job. Roxas goes to a dump, and he hits trash until it disintegrates. That sounds pretty fun. I mean... That sounds useful. He also runs around town putting up posters for the struggle tournament. It would have been a fun uh, twist on the Wally story if instead of <laughs> compacting trash, he just punched it till it became until it was dust. Uh, Thanos dust. Yeah, I do like the the image of like a huge beefy Wally, <laughs> just just like pounding trash into nothingness. Um, also, please tell me what this tournament is. You skipped. You we'll get to skipped it. right over that. It is is called the Struggle Tournament, but we'll get to it. What does that mean, please? It's later. It's a couple days later. It's later, okay. Uh, The kids manage to scrounge up all the money they need, and they put Roxas in charge of holding onto the money. And on the way to the train station, the man in the black cloak bumps into Roxas and asks him if he can feel Sora. That's an uncomfortable question in the best of circumstances. And then he robs him. Does this... Do you think this would work as, like, a, a theft good. technique, crime weaver, <laughs> weaver of crimes? If you bump into somebody and ask them if they can feel Sora, and then you take their wallet while they're thinking about it? While they're confused and distracted by the uncomfortable I'm going to give that an 80% chance of working. It's, it is misdirection. <laughs> they should start incorporating that into all the games that have you pickpocketing people. Like, that should be the next... Um, Elder Scrolls thing? Like, as a pickpocketing skill, you can distract them with meaningless questions. <laughs> I mean, it is some, uh, what is the frequency Kenneth level of misdirection? For sure. Uh, so all of Roxas's friends are disappointed that he lost all their money, and the day is ruined. So they all go back home. And to bed, I assume. Which is where you go when things are disappointing, from personal <laughs> where experience. where I go. Yeah. yeah. When I want a day to be over and to just be the next one, I just go to bed. This one's a wash uh, re- reset. Yeah. It, it is a New real save mood. Point. It is a real mood when you're just like, I don't know, I'm just going to like roll the dice on tomorrow. Let's let's see. Maybe something better comes out of the hopper. Uh, back in the dungeon, Ansem is now tossing around the wallet full of the money that he stole. And he asks Diz if he really had to rob Roxas and why Diz couldn't just make a beach for him and his friends to go to. And Diz replies that it would take up too much bandwidth, and it would only create another entry point for their enemies to sneak into. It was a matrix the whole time! Back on Destiny Island, which is where Sora and his friends are from, 
A year has passed after the events of the first story, and Kairi is continuing to live her life alone without Sora or Riku. Or parents <clears throat> or anything else. Well, they're going to school, so it is implied that adults exist. You just never have to see them, like in Charlie right. Brown. Exactly. She and the other kids of the island remember that Riku used to live there and has since moved on. Uh, but only Kairi can seem to remember that there was a third boy, or a, a third member of their group, another boy. <laughs> and even she can't remember his name. Weirdly. Very strange. It's a mysterious third boy. <laughs> uh, she writes a letter in a bottle to the mystery boy in the hopes that it will reach him someday. And she just tosses it in the ocean. <laughs> like that method of communication also <laughs> just like there's someone i i don't know who they are or if they're real and no one else can i remember kind them. of remember him let's just chuck an email into the sea i'm gonna chuck detritus and hope it gets to him like anyone could pick that up and decide i could be that mystery boy <laughs> this is inviting catfishing <laughs> uh so the day of the struggle tournament has arrived and oh, Roxas and his friends are taking part. I have some questions, Bree, stealing the concept of photographs in the new context that they are in the Matrix. Yeah. Struggle, struggle. What? <laughs> why would? Why would you need to have this whole elaborate the the concept of photographs is stolen if they're just like looking at data produced from this? Like they can just download a copy of the photograph without stealing it from this simulated world. The weird white. Zipper creatures appear to be intruders into, I guess, the simulation. Like a virus. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so, I don't want to keep Gordy waiting any longer. We have arrived at the Struggle Tournament, which is Twilight Town's annual LARP competition, <laughs> where all of the boys and men of the oh. town beat each other with Nerf bats. Oh, yes. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> Uh, it is interrupted, however, when time freezes and Roxas is accosted by another man in a black cloak. Uh, this man pulls his hood back, though, and reveals his face and stunning mane of bright red hair. And he introduces himself as Axel. Uh, Axel. Rose? Ax a little bit. See, Axel Rose hair. No. Sadly, no. Ah. Uh, Axel is a little hurt that Roxas doesn't remember him because he seems to have been good friends with Rox or with Axel in a previous life. At least that's what Axel implies. I mean, I feel like you shouldn't get butt hurt if your friends don't remember a past life. That's a pretty rare thing. Before Axel can capture Roxas, Diz intervenes, the mummy man, and he chases the black cloaked man away. And Roxas wakes up from his weird fever dream and wins the tournament just easily. Yeah. No, no problem. No, he is the it's best fine. at it's beating a, shit with Nerf bats. It's a combat tutorial. It's fine. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Uh, he shares the trophy with his friends because the trophy has four glass baubles adorned on it. Convenient. Uh, which means there's one for each of them. And they're all different colors. Convenient. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so the teens all climb up to their favorite hangout spot on top of the town's clock tower, which is like stories high. Very dangerous, but they all just sit on the edge. We're in teens. Uh, and they admire their baubles in the sunset because it makes the the glass do cool light stuff when they shine it in the sunlight. Uh, Roxas trips and falls to his death. Oh, great. Uh, oh, but man. he experiences this in slow motion 
And as it's happening, he talks to Kyrie. The person who tossed a message in the bottle to a a mystery human that may or may not exist and may or may not be anywhere near a coastline. Yeah. They have a psychic link and he talks to Kyrie and he says, oh, you're the girl that he likes, even though he doesn't know who he's even talking about. And she's like, well, do you remember his name? And Roxas is like, nah. So he just outs a crush. (laughs) Which, like, in teenager land is one of the least cool things you can do to your, to anybody. To your broski. To anybody, whether you know him or not. Like Your your mystery broski who you only kind of vaguely remember. Because teen crushes, that's a big deal. It is. You've not reached the point where you are just disillusioned with the whole process. <laughs> uh, Roxas wakes up in his bed the next day, and he has no idea what's even real anymore. Because he fell off of a tower and presumably died. Does anyone else have any apparent memory of this experience? Nope. Is he in a hospital? Nope, he's in his room. And he, he mentions it, and they're like, that didn't happen. Did- you would be dead. But the tournament happened. The tournament did happen. So okay. they still have their baubles. They got the baubles. That's good. <laughs> Meanwhile, That's in a in in a room in a white castle, not the burger place, mm. uh, full of black cloaked figures, mm. Axel is given the order to go and destroy Roxas if he cannot be recaptured. And this is something that Axel would really rather not do because he is very fond of Roxas. Sounds like the burger place, though. It does. From the one uh, time I've been to a white castle. On the sixth day of his final week of summer vacation, Roxas walks around in a town that cannot see him anymore. Uh-oh. Unnerving. Is, is he a photograph? Now, now he's... <laughs> every time you look at him, it makes you laugh. Could, I was going to say, could Nickelback uh, maybe help them out here? Uh, his friends don't acknowledge his existence, and when he tries to grab them, he just phases right through them like a ghost. All of his friends leave to go to the beach together. Without him. Without him. Harsh. Uh, Roxas is again stopped by Axel in town, but Diz freezes time again and instructs Roxas to go to the mansion. So inside the mansion, Roxas gets his mind blown several times. Uh, Firstly, none of his memories of the town are true because he's been living in a simulation. Uh, He has been kept in captivity because Naminé and Diz will eventually need his body to recomplete Sora because Roxas is half of Sora's whole. Confusing re, and problematic. Re, yeah, recomplete is quite a word. <laughs> That's gotta be uncomfortable to realize that you have like this whole storied life you've lived. Mm-hmm. You're st- you're only half of another person. Yep. Uh, Roxas also remembers that before he was in this town, like in this simulated captivity town, uh, he was a member of something called Organization Thirteen, and he was best friends with Axel. Axel confronts Roxas one final time, and the two of them fight, despite Axel's heart not really being in it. Uh, and Roxas defeats his old friend, and he joins Diz in a room that has Sora and an egg in it. He's sleeping in an egg. Like a Pokemon. Just a big old transparent egg. Diz explains that Roxas is not a person, and is just Sora's nobody, with a capital N. Hurtful. And for Sora to be recompleted, Roxas must relinquish his personhood. Uh, The sleep egg opens up, and Roxas begrudgingly does so. And now Kingdom Hearts 2 begins. 
And then, so what was that like an interlude game? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> we don't we don't get the title card till this moment. Oh, I see. The <laughs> prologue. Uh, Sora, Donald, Goofy, and Jiminy Cricket all wake up in the sleep egg room. I'm glad that they <laughs> that they took the time to capture Jiminy Cricket <laughs> and he's give a, him his own sleep egg. He's a he's a good ad, honestly. <laughs> uh, none of them have any idea what's going on or where they are. And Sora has apparently gone through a growth spurt while he was sleeping because none of his clothes fit anymore. So he's got a cool belly shirt and still giant shoes. Well, no, he was in those weird overalls anyway, so they're just really short on him now. He's all tall and lanky and teenager-y now. Cool. Uh, Jiminy Cricket's journal from their first adventure is entirely blank somehow, except for one page that just says, Thank Nomine. I would be suspicious of that. I would maybe... Suspect that Nominee is is not a good person to be thinking. They don't even know who Nominee is. So they leave, and they wander around the real Twilight Town, and they bump into the real Hainer, Pence, and Alette, which causes Sora to have a weird feeling of deja vu. Okay. Uh, they all head to the train station to leave the town and figure out where they are, and they are attacked by the white zipper monsters and are saved by someone in a black cloak who has ears that are suspiciously shaped like Mickey Mouse. I mean, that's probably just anyone. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of people have, have those dish, <laughs> dish ears. Those radar dish ears. Uh, King Mickey gives them a train ticket. I hate and that And he tells phrase. them all to get lost. The phrase King Mickey is probably my least favorite thing to come out of Kingdom Hearts. And then King Mickey chases the monsters through the town what, by himself. What is he king of again? Disney Castle. Disney Castle. Uh, what are there other royalty? Queen Minnie. Queen, yes, of course. Um, Is there like baronies or? I think there's like Duchess Daisy. I'm not sure what Daisy's title is, but she is a duck and she is in a gown. Duchess. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She she appears to have money at least. She's some form of gentry. Uh, the heroes all board the train, which brings them to a zany-looking wizard tower, where Pete the Cat is trying to break and enter, and he's wearing fetish gear. I do remember this this one from watching you play through the games. This is the game where Pete the Cat has a zipper that goes all the way from crotch to top of the ass, right? Uh, yep, sure is. Like, he can just, <laughs> he can just unzip the crotch area of his pants to do any business that his nethers might need. (laughs) It goes from crotch to tailbone. It is a horror show. I don't like, I don't want to think about Pete the Cat's bodily functions, but it's all I can think about looking at the fetish gear that he is wearing. Uh, Donald and Goofy explain to Sora that Pete is a troublemaker from their world and that King Mickey banished him to the realm of darkness. So they don't have like a, a an advanced justice system or anything in King Mickey's <laughs> no, kingdom. King, it is you just get it banished is, to the dark to the shadow realm. It is you, King Mickey's word. The shadow the shadow realm where Yu-Gi-Oh lives uh-huh. with all his good friends. Uh, Pete is now That's, under the wait. Employee. Is that hold on? Is that a Disney uh-huh. property? No, you, I don't believe not so. yet. They have not, not acquired yet. it yet. Because I would, I would definitely get on, like, fully get on the Kingdom Hearts train, I think, uh, if that were the case. There is a card game. For Kingdom Hearts? 
Mm-hmm. Is it physical or online? No. Neither? <laughs> it's ju- just in the game. Yep. Oh, well, all right. Pete the Cat is now under the employ of the Witch Maleficent and has been amassing a heartless army for her, uh, but hasn't heard that Sora killed her. So that's news to him. Yeah, they don't have very good like interdepartmental communication. Yeah, especially when he's out and about going to other Disney planets, just collecting Heartless. It's hard to get a hold of him. No no good signal. Yeah. Uh, so the heroes just leave him outside, thinking about how his boss is dead. Uh, and they climb the tower where they meet Master Yen Sid, who is the wizard from Fantasia. Yep. It's also Disney backwards. Is that his name in Fantasia? I did, yeah. I did know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yen Sid is happy to lore dump on them so that we can get the ball rolling on a new adventure. Our favorite kind of exposition. The dump kind. <laughs> the wizard dump. <laughs> uh, he explains old wizard dump. <laughs> he explains that the zipper creatures that they've been encountering are called nobodies with a capital N. And that they are the husks of people whose hearts have been stolen from by the heartless. Isn't this what um, Roxas was supposed to be? Yes. So he was a husk with a fully realized existence. Yeah. Typically, when a nobody is formed, they are in this mindless zipper state. Uh-huh. But if a person's will was strong enough, their nobody will maintain some semblance of consciousness and self. So Sora's just that special. Thirteen of these nobodies have banded together to form Organization 13, and they're up to no good. So Sora's got to go out and fight them. Uh, what is the the purpose of Organization Thirteen? Like, what's their their organizational credo or um, mission, their mission statement? statement? Yeah, we will learn it at the end. Great. Right now, their mission statement is schemes. Just miscellaneous schemes. Miscellaneous anime schemes making trouble. Uh, Yen Sid tells Sora and company that Mickey and Riku have been battling the organization the entire time that they were all asleep in eggs. So they've got some catching up to do. Okay. Uh, the three fairies from Sleeping Beauty are also just uh, hanging out in Yen Sid's tower. He, he's I renting mean, a room to them. Yeah, like it's, it's just a magical boarding house and or yeah. club. Mm-hmm. Golf club. Uh, and they create new garments for Sora to wear because he has outgrown his old ones. But these are special magic clothes because they allow Sora to use the power of friendship to briefly become stronger in some aspect of combat. So if he uses his friendship with Goofy, he becomes more strong. He can hit stuff harder and faster. Goofy, no muscle man. If he uses his friendship with Donald, he gets more magical, for instance. Donald, powerful wizard. All uh, supported Yen's... by original source material. <laughs> I know about Sid... Goofy is that he fucking pounds hard. <laughs> Goofy never skips leg day. And leg day is every day. Uh, Yen Sid also gives them a new gummy ship so that they can travel to new worlds for their quest. Uh, as the heroes leave the tower, Maleficent's crow flies up to the window of the fairy's room. And the three fairies look at it, and this accidentally makes them remember Maleficent, oh, which yeah. is enough for her to come back to life. Sorry? To be so careful. <laughs> Not really. to remember. God, a police <laughs> those person. thoughts. <laughs> what? 
So that's, she's like that's... she's operating on cocoa plot logic, except with more <laughs> m- more real life consequences. But for her physical being, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so she reforms and she's back to life, and she and Pete reconnect so that they can do dastardly things as well. It's important to have that moment of reconnection before you start on dastardly schemes. Uh, Sora and Donald and Goofy fly back to Hollow Bastion, which is where all the Final Fantasy characters live. And they are rebuilding their home after Maleficent and the Heartless all trashed it. I don't know if you recall, but Ansem was their king, and he was doing bad science with the Heartless, which is what caused all the nonsense of the first game. Uh, And the Final Fantasy characters find a supercomputer in Ansem's castle that has a crazy defense system built into it that just creates force projections and it can bat people around anywhere in the town. Love that. Love crazy science. Emphasis on the science part. Uh, So this part has always been unclear to me, but I think there are two castles in Hollow Bastion. Two Uh, castles? One of them was Maleficent's one that she, I guess she just built a new one instead of taking over the old (laughs) one. Sure. I mean, sometimes the takeovers require more resources than just building fresh. Because once you take something over, you have to defend it and keep it from sometimes uh, being you want to change your pace <laughs> sometimes you just like maybe she's already planning on a remodel and it's mm-hmm. just easier to start from scratch at that point uh well her old one her her castle that she built is surrounded by a moat of teeming heartless which is a big problem mm. it's a big old infestation so the final fantasy characters have been building up a wall to protect themselves from this big old darkness mass uh, while in Hollow Bastion, the remaining members of Organization 13 arrive, and they just mock Sora for being a dumb kid, and then they just dip. That's it? They're they're just high school bullies? Basically. That's, that's their organization manifesto right now. It's just, kids <clears throat> are, are dumb. Time for a bully. Uh, so Sora, Donald, and Goofy now have to chase them to other Disney worlds. Like theme parks? Mm-hmm. The first one they go to is China. The, the Disney world of the country of China. Yes. the Which is a real life ex- extant location. They hang out with Mulan for a bit and they save mm. uh, China from attacking hordes of the Huns and also Heartless, which the Huns are controlling mm. to attack China. It's a, a known thing about Huns, historically speaking. So they beat the Huns and the Heartless and they leave. They go to visit Belle and Beast in their castle, uh, but they find out that Beast has been talking with one of the organization members, a man named Zaldin. I want to see the baby names book from <laughs> from this world. Uh, Zaldin has been trying to turn the Beast into a powerful new nobody for their team by just goading him into doing dark stuff. And giving up his heart? Yep. Okay. Uh, the heroes thwart Zaldin, though, and they move on to the next world. They go to ancient Greece, and they hang out with Hercules and also Orin from Final Fantasy X, but none of it matters. <laughs> Great. Cool. Just the whole stretch doesn't matter. Uh, Sora's gang receives a distress call from Queen Minnie at Disney Castle, and they rush there to help her out. Uh, on what device do they communicate? Gummy phone. Gummy phone. <laughs> Gummy phone, of course. <laughs> Gummy, can you... Is gummy phone what I think it is? And is gummy... I don't know, sh- what do you... Th- 
what do you think it is? Is gummy ship what I think it is? Um, it's, I mean, is it just those things made out of, like, gummy candy? They are devices built from gummy blocks, obviously. Gummy block. Can you can candy. you eat them? Is gummy the... blocks. You get gummy blocks by blowing up stars and meteorites. So gummy. So it's star shit. Yeah. <laughs> Why to do they call it gummy? The adventures of the, <laughs> of the gummy bears. Is it? Is it gummy textured? No, it's blocks like Lego. Why not just call it like block phone? Disney Castle is under attack by a bunch of heartless or star typically phone. or starship. Typically, the heartless haven't been able to get into the castle because it is protected by the cornerstone of light. However, when the heroes get to the castle to go check on the cornerstone in the basement. They find that Maleficent is actively trying to fill it with darkness to subsume the castle. So the heroes go back to Hollow Bastion to ask Merlin the wizard for advice. And he tells them that Maleficent is probably attacking the cornerstone in the past, which is now affecting the present. I am envisioning someone filling a room with darkness in one of two ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, pouring it out of a bucket, like a paint. And two, just smashing all the light bulbs. Well, Maleficent's oh. method is uh, th- using thorns. I was going to say pouring it out of a bucket if that bucket was your mouth or butt. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of spewing. A, kind, kind of in a coli of darkness. Uh, Merlin creates a door for the heroes that takes them back to Steamboat Willie times so that they can stop the witch's plan. So the only way to solve thorn darkness problem is time travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go back in time, and they help past Pete defeat the modern-day fetish gear Pete, who has been mucking about in the past, filling it with Heartless. And this is the most efficient route to solving their problem. Mm-hmm. There's it no, works. There's no other possible route to take. Nope. Like a weed killer. Nope. Go to Steamboat Willie Times, fight Pete the Cat in fetish gear. Next, we go to Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> and they hang out with Johnny Depp. <laughs> I do recall the graphics from this one also being horrifically disturbing. They help Johnny Depp fight Captain Barbosa and Fetish Gear Pete, who has been filling Tortuga with Heartless. Mm. <laughs> um. Ultimately, this is still maybe a better place for that franchise to have gone. <laughs> uh, next, the gang travels to Underwater Town, but not the one from the Pirates world. It's a different cartoon one where Ariel lives. Do the, the pirates join them on this? No, it's different. They they fly their gummy ship from one water place to a different water place that gets it cartoonier. I feel like there is a missed opportunity to add a hyper-realistic Captain Jack Sparrow to <laughs> the regular team exploring all of the other places. <laughs> I don't disagree. I would be a lot more interested in this game if it had leaned into that kind of horror show. Uh, there are no Heartless in Ariel's Kingdom anymore, so all they do is sing songs in an arrhythmic rhythm game that was developed by people who I presume have never heard music before. <laughs> it is human music that they play for Jerry. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have witnessed this section, and it's it's pretty rough. It's not good. Is this also the one where she, like, sings a dumb song at Eric, or is that a different thing? Yes. No. Okay. Yes, they have a lot of finny fun. <laughs> that 
phrase just evoked a visceral reaction in me. The heroes all go back to Agrabah again, and also Halloween Town, and also Christmas Town this time, but none of that matters either. I know the second act is difficult. Is this just like padding for playtime? Yep, it okay. sure is. All they right. when they go to Agrippa, they re-experience the scintillating plot of the hit film Return of Jafar. Oof. I, <laughs> I kind of want to. I kind of want to dig back into those sequels. I bet they're. I bet they're uh, a, a hoot to watch. They are all available on Disney Plus. Go nuts! Oof, I don't. That's like the one <laughs> subscription I don't have. Maybe I should. Maybe you should. Sora and the gang go to the Pride Lands where Simba lives, and Sora turns into a sexy teen lion cub, and Donald turns into a hornbill bird, and Goofy turns into a tortoise, despite both of them already being animals. Yeah, like, Goofy could have just become some kind of wild dog. Like an African dog. Yeah, and ducks exist there also. (laughs) Already. Like, he might have different markings. But duck. Um, None of this matters either, but they do get to be cool animals for a little bit. You know, second act SAG didn't need a poster child. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that it has one now. A representation hey, of, of the problem that writers Carmen, face. Yeah? Carmen, I have good news. We haven't even reached the second act yet. Wait, so this game invented first act SAG? <laughs> it sure did. Because that's not... What a, now? This game invented first act SAG. Because second act SAG is a a known problem. All of these places that they've gone to, they have to go back to them again a second time. And it matters even less. (laughs) (laughs) It matters so much less that I barely even mentioned it in my notes. (laughs) Is this uh, uh, a coward's three act structure? (laughs) Or is, or is this something cool? Uh, it's not that second one. <laughs> okay. So we're... Great. Uh, meanwhile, on Destiny Island, Axel has gone rogue from the organization in an effort to rescue his friend Roxas, uh, which he starts doing by kidnapping Kyrie as leverage against Sora for reasons. Did he get Did he get her message in the bottle? Who? Whoever, Axel? No. Does that matter? Yeah, it'll come up. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, I almost didn't write it down until I remembered that it came up again. <laughs> I mean, writing down things that don't come up again is kind of the cornerstone of my folklore noting. <laughs> but I will say, all of the dumb stories we've written have more cohesive plots than this shit. <laughs> uh, before Axel can kidnap her, a dark portal opens up out of nowhere, and Kyrie sees Pluto the dog run into it, so she follows. He seems the trustworthy sort. He's a dog, so automatically uh, good boy status. She ends up in Twilight Town, where she runs into Hainer, Pence, and Alette, who decide to shelter her until she can figure out what the hell is going on. Important. They're not very good at it, though, because Axel finds them easily and just walks right past all of them and kidnaps Kyrie. Well, at least they tried, I guess. <laughs> it was just a character growth or development or, I don't know, display moment. <laughs> Like, look, we are characters and good aligned. Sora, Donald, and Goofy go back to Hollow Bastion again to get some guidance because every time they finish at Disney World and realize it didn't matter, they need to, like, go ask someone else what they should be doing. Uh, And they 
run into some more Final Fantasy characters. Like Cloud is hanging out there now, and so is Tifa. Uh, and so is Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. He what? doesn't matter. So it's Cloud from Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Tifa, I presume, because I don't recognize the name, also from Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And Stitch. Yep. How'd these guys meet? Well, Stitch is just kind of in the background of shots, doing his Stitch thing. Why include? Do you remember the trailers for the Stitch movie where Stitch was just in other Disney things? Yeah. I think they were trying to do that. Why not? Didn't make a good trailer. <laughs> so I don't it know why that would be. It makes an even better video game. <laughs> I don't know why that would be the thing that you'd pick up on to reference. Can uh, can you summon Stitch? Yeah, you can. Oh, that's great. Okay. And also Chicken Little. <laughs> Chicken Little from that, that movie that nobody um, remembers. Yeah, Sora can summon Zach Braff. Um, Chicken Little, helpful or not? Never used him once. Okay. <clears throat> so, ki- so kind of as advertised. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy accidentally get themselves sucked into the supercomputer because they tried to Google Riku and Kairi. And that, that is... Uh, it made key, the computer mad. A key phrase for a virus that does kidnapping. <laughs> Ugh, which reminds me of a YouTube channel the middle schoolers made me watch this week. <laughs> which featured a man trying to convince you that he was hacked and that his friend was hacked. And when she was hacked, she was also kidnapped because that's how hacking fucking works. Those are two linked concepts. Yeah. So I guess in Kingdom Hearts land it is. And this is maybe where this... Not particularly human human on YouTube is actually from conspiracy theory. Sora, Donald, and Goofy get arrested in Tron World inside the computer. By who? Tron cops? The, yeah, the Tron cops. Commander Sark and the MCP. Uh but they get saved by Bruce Boxleitner, uh-huh. who helps them escape the computer. I remember this part because it just made me want to stop watching Kingdom Hearts and start watching <laughs> Babylon Five again. Uh, when they return to the real world, King Mickey's waiting for them. I hate him. I like and he regular helps, Mickey. He helps them find the password to the computer to override <laughs> the master control program, <laughs> and it makes Tron in charge instead. So now they can Google to their heart's content. Is the password password one two three four? The password is door to darkness. <laughs> um. <laughs> probably like a, a little guessing and you might be able to <laughs> to get there how do they can i ask how they uh they achieve the the password? it's written on a wall behind a painting so good good security overall there's a portrait of a man named xehanort that they take off of the wall and the password is behind it yes uh, they get access to the supercomputer's secret files, where they learn more exposition. Cool. So, the man that they fought in the first adventure, Billy Zane, who turned into a boat, who was calling himself Ansem. Uh-huh. He's not really Ansem. What? He was a boat he, the whole time? He was just, he assumed the identity of Ansem. So he's an identity theft boat. Yes. The real Ansem is a king named Ansem the Wise, and he was the real king of Hollow Bastion. But he had a pupil named Xehanort, who apparently usurped the king and stole his identity. It took me a second to equate pupil with student and not with part of I. (laughs) (laughs) There, because my original impression was a lot weirder. He was a science student. 
I would not put it past them. So Xehanort was the one who was doing the weird bad science with the Heartless and turned himself into a Heartless. And in so doing, his other half became a nobody. And that nobody is the one who's in charge of Organization 13. And he is named Xemnas. Again, do want this baby name book. Uh, also, while they're digging through files, Tron finds that the name of Hollow Bastion, before Maleficent took it over, was Radiant Garden. So now we know that. Good. Doesn't matter. Nope. Then why? Uh, while they were all jabbering about the new information they learned, uh, Hollow Bastion falls under attack by that swarming infestation of Heartless. So the heroes and all the Final Fantasy characters have to work together to fight them back. Also, Sephiroth is there now. <laughs> when did when when did he is show he, up? Uh, on the bad side, yeah. He's on his own side, He's which is also a bad course. side. <laughs> of course, he is. <clears throat> he and Cloud fight, and then they disappear. Is he just looking for another fight with Cloud? Always, baby. <laughs> just itching for another round. I like that as a constant character motivation in all games. <laughs> I mean, that's basically Goku's character, right? Like, just mm-hmm. just ready for a whole new fight. And again, I, I would like to reiterate, I am upset that I know this. <laughs> uh, our intern is yelling at the, um, the door because we just had a delivery. <laughs> so apologies for that. Uh, while the heroes are busy fighting back, Xemnas sneaks into Ansem's castle, and he heads to a secret room in the basement where he begins to speak to a busted suit of armor and a broken keyblade, which he refers to as Old Friend. Sorry, who's talking to inanimate objects as friends? Xemnas. Alright, so sad, nobody. So sad childhood, for sure. This is only in this to refer to, or to point you to another game in the series to play. That's the only reason this scene is here. So this is just internal advertising for more Kingdom Hearts properties. Correct. This is the Age of Ultron section. Uh, So while they're fighting against Heartless, Sora, Donald, and Goofy also run into the most timid of the organization members, a man named Demix, who just wants to chill with his sitar and make water dance around. I mean, if I could make water dance around with a sitar, that is pretty much all I'd want to be doing, too. So, I get it. This is now most relatable character in this series. <laughs> uh, he doesn't really want to, but he eventually fights them because the organization told him to, if he ever runs into Sora. Uh, so, he gets murdered. Damn it. And in the resulting chaos, a boulder falls on Goofy's head and he dies. Alright, I'm back in. <laughs> oh, Goofy. You oh, lost me. Goofy. Oh, poor Goofy. Uh, in a rage, Sora, Donald, and King Mickey swear revenge for their fallen friend, and they run off and they kill literally 1,000 Heartless. Yeah, I mean, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> in Goofy's name. <laughs> this The slaughter in Goofy's name. <laughs> uh, when they're done, Goofy walks up because he's actually fine, and none of them <laughs> were smart enough to check if he was either breathing or had a pulse. They just saw him fall down, and they're like... Goofy fell down. <laughs> Destroy worlds. He was he was so weak. How could he not be dead? Uh, Axel appears before Sora to explain that when he tried to kidnap Kyrie, she actually got kidnapped from him, so double kidnapped by other organization members. 
Okay. And now they're holding her hostage. So, oops, I botched my kidnapping. Can you help me redo the kidnapping? Well, he's just here to warn Sora that the organization is using him to kill Heartless with the Keyblade, which releases the stolen hearts back out into the universe. The organization has been collecting these released hearts for some purpose, uh, rather than just let them return to their original bodies. Okay. So that's their mission statement. So their mission statement is let somebody else release these so that we can fish them out of the, the sky. <laughs> Go to teenager into hitting monsters with a key so that we can get the hearts. Can they not hit monsters with other things? Like can They, they can, but that just destroys the hearts. Okay, so the key unlocks the, the hearts. Yes. The um, keyblade is essential to the plan. I'm upset about any and all of this. Uh, Zemnis's right-hand man, Syx, arrives to chase Axel away, but also corroborates his story and tells Sora that if he doesn't keep killing Heartless, they're going to torture Kyrie. Alright, so they have just kind of created an exploited labor- exploitative labor system here. Yes. <laughs> and there are 13 CEOs overseeing it. A good, healthy organization structure. <laughs> if I know anything about business, and I don't. Uh, Sora still refuses, so Sayak summons a horde of nobodies to defeat him, uh, but Sora is saved by Maleficent, who tells him that the organization is after Kingdom Hearts and she can't let them have it. She tells him that even though she's helping him now, they're not going to be allies, and it's only so that he'll defeat the nobodies so that she can have Kingdom Hearts for herself. Okay. So what? Okay. Who? There's a lot of factions. <laughs> A lot, a lot of players in the game right now. Yeah. Well, there's three. Well, there's three. Okay. Who? And remind me who the three are. There's Zam, the Nobodies. The Nobodies, led by... Led by Zemnis. Zem... Zem... Yes. <clears throat> there's the Heartless, led by Maleficent. Yes. And then there's the Good Guys with Sora. Good Guys with Sora. And I guess there's a fourth faction, which is Disney bullshit. <laughs> okay. Assorted other. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is the point in time when they have to go to all of the Disney Worlds a second time so that they can defeat some remaining organization members. There's a guy named Zigbar. There's a guy named Luxord. Okay. And they also beat up Zaldin again because he's still trying to pester the beast. Uh, so after all the Disney shit is out of the way, Sora and the gang return to Twilight Town where Hainer, Pence, and Alette inform him that they found a crazy computer lab in the basement of the abandoned mansion. They go to investigate it, and they find a machine that can transport them to the simulated version of the town that Roxas was living in. So they make themselves Data. From Star Trek? Well, the concept of Data. But still from Star Trek. And in that simulated town, they find a portal that Axel used to get in, which leads directly to the organization's headquarters. So they travel through this passageway, but they are swarmed by nobodies inside, and they are almost defeated by them, but are saved when Axel swoops in one last time. I I can't not imagine Axel Rose. (laughs) (laughs) He uses all of his power to create a giant explosive attack that wipes out all of the nobodies in the passageway. So that Sora can get through. Uh, as Axel dies, he apologizes to Sora for kidnapping Kairi. Something he probably should apologize to her and not Sora. Yeah, because she is an independent human being. In theory. Yeah. Uh, he tells Sora that he did it just because he wanted to see his best friend again. 
That's a dumb reason to kidnap anybody. Uh, he tells Sora that seeing him was good enough, though, because Sora makes him feel the same way Roxas did. Uncomfortable to hear in the best of circumstances. <laughs> and then he dies. Cool. Sora and the gang travel to the world that never was, which is a rain-soaked gothic city that the nobodies all live in. I mean, if I had to choose a city to live in, rain-soaked and gothic does sound like a pretty good start. Uh, Sora suddenly falls under attack, though, and he finds himself standing inside his own heart. Also deeply uncomfortable. Which, if you remember from the first one, is a a stained glass pillar that Uh, has a picture of him on it. I don't does everybody that. does everybody get this treatment? Yes, this so, is what everybody's heart looks like: is a stained glass image oh. depicting their life. Oh, it's it's everybody gets stained glass pillar. Yeah, there's no kind of variation based on your sort of own flavor. No, it's all stained glass. The image is different, and it depicts mm. important moments of your life. I see. Okay, uh, does this uh, pump blood particularly well? No, I don't believe it does. It's an uncomfort like medical science in this world has to be really difficult. Uh Sora is attacked by a boy in a black cloak who is wielding a keyblade. Uh Sora defeats the assailant who removes his hood and reveals himself to be Roxas, who was fighting him for control of their shared body. Is he the is he the, the one, the thing? What the the what thing? Sora's Sora's Nobody. Yeah, Sora's, yeah, Sora's dark half. His shadow aspect in Jungian terms. Uh, he was trying to take control of their shared body so that he could see his friend one last time, too. So that he uh, could tell him that that guy makes him feel a particular way and everyone can just be tangentially uncomfortable with yeah. the whole situation. And then Wonderwall plays. Cool. Uh, Roxas finally fully relinquishes control back to Sora. And he admits that Sora makes a, a good other. What does that mean? His other half, I guess. Fine. Cool. I mean, you should probably accept all these parts of yourself. This is a really heavy-handed way to symbolically <laughs> handle that concept. But sure, accept your shadow aspect. Uh, Sora wakes up and he finds that all of this just happened in his own head. Or heart, I guess, in the parlance of this game. Uh, Because to Donald and Goofy, he had just been standing still for several minutes. And they're like, should we call an ambulance? (laughs) Or should we uh, take the typical route and just kill a lot of people and assume that he's dead without trying to attempt to determine that information further? (laughs) Uh, So inside the Organization 13's castle headquarters... A game of Scooby-Doo doors begins because Sora and his friends are trying to rescue Kyrie, but Namine shows up and she finds Kyrie and breaks her out of her prison cell. And then the two girls run around the castle together and they're cornered by nobodies. Uh, but they are saved by the cloaked figure who has been calling himself Ansem this whole time. Uh, Ansem hands Kyrie her own keyblade so that she can fight back. Uh, and it is flower themed because she is a girl. Right, right, right. Yep. (laughs) Tracks. To my knowledge, Kyrie has expressed no interest in flowers, but her keyblade is flower themed because she is a girl. Is it also pink and purple? Uh, No, it's more oranges and yellows. Okay. Well, I guess points points for that. King Mickey runs into Diz, 
the mummy man, who unwraps his belt mummy mask to reveal that he is the true Ansem. Ansem the Wise, the one who got usurped. And he has been working in the shadows to get his identity back from his shitty student, Xehanort. <laughs> identity theft is a really good place for this to, to <laughs> Yeah, <up>. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. This is all, like, all of Kingdom Hearts is just a metaphor for what a pain in the ass it is when your credit cards are stolen. Uh, Sora does battle with Zigbar again, who just keeps calling him Roxas. And then Sora finally reunites with Kairi. He sees the man calling himself Ansem, uh, who he thought he killed back when he fought him as a boat. Uh, but he is at least happy that this man has been helping Kairi. Yeah, when you kill a boat, you do expect it to stay dead. <laughs> uh, Kairi tells Sora that this man is actually Riku, who has just taken on the appearance of Ansem because he has given himself up to the powers of darkness or something. Blah, 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 darkness, blah, 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 friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sora reaches out and holds this man's hand Friendship. and closes his eyes and can see his friend underneath all of the darkness. So he breaks down and cries because he finally found his friends. Ansem the Wise shoots a gun at the moon to turn it into data. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that, is, that is the Kingdom Hearts twist. I need it. Where does this fall in the the whole friendship darkness thing like is Sora still actively crying over friendship and yeah, darkness these, these events are happening concurrently in different locations okay so we're having a lot of like jump back and forth and scenes mm -hmm. yep Ansem the Wise is hanging out with King Mickey Sora's with his friends Ansem the Wise is shooting a gun at the moon to turn it into data it's not like the moon moon though it's a heart shaped moon like from the cover of the first game uh-huh he says that this heart-shaped moon is Kingdom Hearts, but it's not really Kingdom Hearts. It's an artificial Kingdom Hearts that the organization has created from the loose hearts that they've been stealing after Sora beats them out of Heartless. So is everything the Matrix in this one? They created this because their boss Zebnus told them they'd be able to uh, recomplete their bodies again using <laughs> the power of Kingdom Hearts. But actually, he has an ulterior motive. He just wants to turn it into darkness and use it for himself. Yeah, they're big, big Wachowski fans. <laughs> uh, Sora battles against Syx, who is the last remaining member other than Xemnas, and he defeats him. But Syx also kept referring to Sora as Roxas, and now Sora is very confused. Riku explains that Roxas is Sora's nobody, who came into being when Sora briefly became a Heartless in that first adventure, before Kairi used the power of friendship to turn him back into Sora. Namine, who is Kairi's nobody, also formed at the same time, thanks to Sora and Kairi's weird heart connection. Uh-huh. Namine and Roxas are very unique nobodies because they managed to exist concurrently with their counterparts somehow, in physical form. Is yeah. somehow ever explained, or do they just kind of shrug that off? They're just special. Sp they're special boys. That's the okay. science hasn't settled on that yet. It's just called it's pro protagonist special syndrome. Mm -hmm. uh, back with Ansem the Wise shooting a gun at the moon he realizes that he miscalculated his science on his moon gun oh, no. and it's not going to be able to encode all of these hearts into data so instead it's going to explode I mean when, when you do science wrong explosion <laughs> is the only true outcome 
the heroes all arrive to hear his final speech about hearts and friendship and nonsense as his gun explodes. And the explosion bursts open the artificial Kingdom Hearts and also restores Riku to his original appearance for reasons. I already forgot who Riku was. Is he red hair? Sora's friend. No, he's he's the one with granddad hair. Okay. I just, I feel like I have no grounds to question any of this. (laughs) Yeah, like there's, there are no world rules. Um, Like if you tell me he turned the moon into data with a gun, I just have to say like, (laughs) yeah, I'll take your word for it if you say so. (laughs) If you say he can do that, I believe you. Well, it turns out he couldn't do it. Um, which which caused the gun to explode, yes. which turned a boy from a man back into a boy. That's ah, rough. <laughs> it's rough when your science reverse Pinocchio somebody. Or re-Pinocchio somebody? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough when your science doesn't allow you to know whether you're reverse or re-Pinocchioing somebody. Xemnas scrambles to recollect all of the hearts that are now pouring out of the moon. Uh, but many of them have become heartless as they just sort of loosely float around. Uh, the heartless begin to attack Sora and his friends, but they are once again saved by Maleficent and Pete, who hold off the heartless so that the Keyblade teens can go defeat Xemnas. That's nice of them. Like I know they've got their own shit going on, but it's cool of them to, I don't know, look out. Yeah, there's a common enemy here. Uh, the teens beat up Xemnas before he has a chance to merge himself with the collapsing heart moon kingdom hearts and they all prepare to go home together a vision of roxas exits sora and a vision of nominee exits kairi and the two of them inform their counterparts that they will happily just remain inside sora and kairi as long as sora and kairi promise to always be together so that they can too remain together uh did we meet nominee in the roxas world yeah were they like super into each other they're friendly they like each other enough okay uh sora and kairi agree to always be together it's a dangerous agreement to make with ghosts that live inside your body kairi enters the portal to go home with mickey donald and goofy and then it closes behind her so sora and kairi are no longer together (laughs) yeah like this is why you don't make promises to ghosts that live inside your body Sora and Riku are now trapped together in the nobody world to fight Xemnas one last time, three more times. <laughs> in in this game? One yeah. more time, three more times? Okay. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Our last cool, battle. Cool. Our next last battle. First, they have to ride a space motorcycle so that they can fight him while he's flying on top of Blue Eyes White Dragon. I mean, that is uh, the true final fantasy influence on this right that there are three final battles in the same way that there are like 14 final fantasies so far mm-hmm. uh then they fight him in a full suit of armor and then lastly they fight him while he's wearing zebra robes for some reason like a pimp like a, a pimp costume it's it's his robes but now they're white robes with intricate black designs all over them giving him the appearance of a zebra okay uh, so they defeat him all three times, and then it's finally done. So they wander together until they arrive at a beach in the realm of darkness, and they just kind of sit there stranded. And they wait a long time, and eventually, Kyrie's letter in a bottle reaches them in the realm of darkness. Oh. I have some oh. questions about the uh, the ocean current <laughs> system in this world. 
What a callback. Is there also like a a plastic, you know, pollution island somewhere in this realm of darkness? We have to assume. So Sora and Riku read this letter and it fills them with the power of anime friendship and it opens up a door back to Destiny Island. Uh-huh. Yep. So everybody rejoices together, splashing on the beach, having a good time, finally back home, and they've defeated all of their enemies. And the series ended there. Mm-hmm. That's the end of Kingdom Hearts 2. And then after the credits, sometime later, Kairi finds another letter in a bottle, and this one has King Mickey's seal on it. Oh, so dang. she gives it to Sora to read along with Riku and herself, and they read it, and then it pans up to the sky, and it's over. Man, information communication systems are really tough when there wasn't a post office. And then we cut to the distant past of a decade ago. Yes. Where three armored knights with keyblades fight a bald man and a boy in a motocross helmet (laughs) in a desert surrounded by broken keyblades. Teaser for the next one? The bald man summons a heart-shaped moon, and the rest is a story for the next game. By the next game, do you mean an an intermediary game in like the 14 years it took them to make Kingdom Hearts 3? Yeah, so you would expect Kingdom Hearts 3 to come after Kingdom Hearts 2, but instead it comes after Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days, and then after that it's Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, and then after that it's Kingdom Hearts Recoded. And then after that, it's Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, and then it's Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> um, now, can we do all of these? And now we have Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memories to look forward to. Uh, yeah. Wait, is this is this um, up, upcoming still? Yeah, it's a rhythm game that's canonical. Oh, is it out? No, not yet. It's coming to the Switch, baby. Nice. We've seen we've seen how they handle rhythm games within their game so i'm sure can't wait be... can't I, wait well, hopefully they put a, a little more effort into into it if it is going to be nothing but rhythm but it's 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 really hard to say huh it really is any questions for kingdom hearts 2 a, a lot but none of them matter uh, um <laughs> much like the disney influence yeah like the this disney is really influence doesn't matter not in this one. Oh, i, I see what you mean this is a, a true masterclass in what not to do in your world building and writing. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of parts where they exposition dump stuff that doesn't matter, right? And the point of an exposition, exposition dump, like if it's done well, it should be answering questions that your uh, reader or viewer has. It answers some and it asks new questions. Which it then does not answer. No, that's for Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. Yeah, I'm mad about this. <laughs> Okay, that's one. That's one what? One that's you said it's a master class. What what? Did did you have other points? To yeah, get to? was was this a, was this a list? A list? No, I forgot what I was doing. I've been drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drawing a, a an ultimate Kingdom Hearts character nice. <laughs> while we're working on this fan art. Yeah. How many zippers and belts? Yes. Because I'm going to tell you, it's not enough. Probably not, because there are parts of this character still visible. <laughs> uh, but I did get bored of drawing belts, and I'm about to get bored of coloring this in, so it's going to be like a <laughs> half-colored <laughs> version of this thing. Um, Gordy, do you have any lingering thoughts about Kingdom Hearts 2? Would you like to know more about the Struggle Tournament? 
I, I'd like another detail, please. Give me, give me like a, give me just something to, to chew on about struggle tournaments. So the goal of the struggle tournament is that apparently, uh, inside your body or your clothing is a hundred bouncy balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? And as you hit your opponent, the bouncy balls spill out everywhere. Okay. And you're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to knock them all out. You're trying to knock them all out and collect them for yourself. Okay. So at the at the end of about, I think, two or three minutes is the time limit. You want to be the one with the most bouncy mm. balls still on your person. All <laughs> right. Good, clean, fine. I'm grab that print screen button, get you a screenshot of this thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm still mad about the invention of a first act sag. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly impressive. Yeah, I that's gave, a Kingdom Hearts, all right. I gave him a house keyblade. I appreciate that. You basically just drew Axel. It is the most memorable. I was using the anime <laughs> principles of the most unusual hair mm-hmm. and then just wrapped it on a lot of belts. <laughs> and I gave it big gloves and shoes for the Disney influence. Very nicely done. Thanks. It kept me focused as rage broiled inside of me. Well, I think that'll do it for this one. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to this folktale. Um I feel better. Do you? Is it like yeah. is it like I, purging garbage out? It is. I was feeling very antsy at the beginning and now I actually do feel better. <laughs> you, <laughs> having, got, you got having it. Having expunged it. Uh so hopefully Sometimes you, you just gotta yell into a microphone about a man shooting a gun at the moon to turn it into data. Just to let look that out of your system a little you, bit. You can't keep that bottle up for this long. <laughs> and you haven't. <laughs> Because I've heard you shouting that phrase every now and then. It's like it's like your stress release. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Like... I... And you turn your shouts into data. That's true. When you, when you do this, and it's it's just a nice parallel. And that is kind of what we do on this show: is turn our yelling about media into data. Data. By virtue of recording this podcast i am more successful at turning the moon into data than ansem the wise was yeah you've turned the moon into data every time you have mentioned or described a moon <laughs> look at you go take that christopher uh oh i forgot which christopher it was the christopher lee it was christopher lee yeah i, I did forget to mention that christopher lee christopher a- lee shot a gun at the moon to turn it into data and that is if you take away one thing from this experience it is that uh, so thank you everyone for listening to this show uh, i will rest control back from tyler next week for a regular folktale um, uh, thank you to all of our patrons for supporting this show and supporting us through our tumultuous lives right now uh, thank you to our top tier patrons maya versus me 101 katarina spaghetto please pretend i made a funny joke i'm so tired and sad i feel you spaghetto uh, Lovelace, Emmett, Tasmanian Tiger, Kula, Funky Little Strawberry, Izzy, Dave, I'll have what she's having in this scenario. She was having the good China. Help, Rachel, I'm trapped in a podcast. Kovas Cat, Lemur, Angela, Caitlin, Alex, Little Smorgasbord, Danielle, Wyatt, Kelty, Olwen, Queen of Terrible Taste, Allie, Thank You, Yonder Toad, Nathan the Scott, Yahweh, Yahweh, Link, April, DPRCM, The Day Dude, Pyrus, High Listus of Wimbus, What Am Grace, Taking Suggestions on Discord, WT Folklore, but it's Haley, uh, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Shivering Jimmy of the Laughing Brigade, and Heather High Meality of the Cult of Cricket. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Uh, I have I have a plug before we end. 
all please, right. if that's all right. Uh, it's what's well, sort of a pre-plug, um, <laughs> if if you will. I am planning on launching a Kickstarter for a tabletop game um, that I wrote, which is about um, creating mythology and legends for a civilization and changing it um, over generations. Um, I'll put out a link or something somewhere. Um, it it will be starting in late August. If that sounds like something you would enjoy, stay tuned. All right, awesome. So definitely check that out. Uh, and we'll have a link for that in our description once it exists. Mm-hmm. We're what the folklore, that's how it works. 